Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles and want to turn with me to the book of Matthew, we're going to continue our series this morning. Teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. Very early on in, uh, in the ministry here, I remember going to senior pastors meeting over at the chapel New Larson wouldn't have a group of area pastors and just gather and come together and and, uh, one of the things that he encouraged us with is you you get busy with a lot of different things but remember Sunday always comes, Sunday's always a coming and uh, this is one of those weeks where Sunday's a coming and so finally Friday I just had to close my doors for a few hours and work on my sermon and, uh, and we had a great week of EBS, though, and I just want to take a moment to thank each of you who had a part in that, whether it was being at home and praying and uh, lifting us up in prayer, uh, those prayers were answered. God worked in wonderful ways. Uh, maybe you helped do decorations, maybe you listened to verses, maybe you were here uh, with a little with the, the, the children, and uh, I won't call them rugrats. They weren't rugrats. They were, they were little angels, right? Um, we had a great, great week, and it was a great time just um, in some ways just to kind of get back to normal and to have a normal routine and to have our vacation Bible school with the families that, that have come year after year after year, and, uh, and we just had a great time. And one of, the jo- one of the greatest joys is not only having the families and the children come and to hear the word and for them to grow, but one of the great joys is at the end of the week, seeing all of our staff, all of, our, all of you, our family working and serving together. I've always said, if you want to grow together, you serve together. It's one of the greatest ways to get to know each other and to really bond together. And so... Um, you did that this week, and your pastor is so proud of you and appreciative of all the work and all the energy and everything that went into this week. And we continue to pray that that, that investment will continue to pay rewards for years and years to come. And only the Lord knows that. We, we invest and we let him handle all, all the results. And so we just continue to be available and allow God to continue to use us. Excited to bring to you the word this morning from Matthew chapter 6. And so as we do that, I want to just review here real quick. In case you missed the last two weeks, you can go online. You can go to our website, westhillbaptistchurch.com. And and all the sermons are there. Or our YouTube YouTube stream is uh, West Hill Media. And so you can get all the sermons there as well. Just kind of a review. Our first week, we, we... explored and looked at when you pray because it was the the introduction of chapter six where Jesus is is sharing in the Sermon of the Mount and as he shares there's an assumption of when you are going to pray and so we talked about how, about how prayer is about a relationship and ultimately how we have access to God God has given us access to him the second week last week we talked about our father that the 
king of the universe. Think about that for a second, the king of the universe. And we're going to talk about the kingdom here today, but the king of the universe um, allows us to come into his presence. And that as we start our prayers, it's not just using a title. It's not saying our father as a title with, with that has no meaning or bearing of relationship. But in fact, it, it looks at our Lord and how that title adjusts and changes our thought and our perspective. And so we looked at authority, what that means as a father, the authority, the connection, the intimacy, and then obedience and what that requires uh, what our Father has and would do for us. That's why we, we start our prayer in that way. Teach us to pray, our Father who art in heaven. Even though he's in heaven, we have access to him. Hallowed be his name. His name is hallowed. It's to be revered. It's to be respected. Our God is mighty. He is awesome. So this morning, we want to look at uh, the next section of this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it in, is in heaven. But before we do that, would you stand with me and let's uh, pray this prayer together. We'll do it in its entirety. If you would, Aaron's going to put it up here for us. So let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. You may be seated. So we see in this section here, this first part of Verse 10, your kingdom come, your kingdom come. What we see first is there's a focus on who knows best. And there's also a focus on who is in control. Notice the word, your kingdom, your will. Who are we talking about? The father, right? We're talking to the father, your kingdom, your will. Whose is it? Well, it's the one who knows all things, right? God is the one, the one who knows everything every single thing. Do you know that Satan doesn't know everything? He knows a lot. He's very wise. He's intelligent, but he doesn't know everything. There is one who does. God does. God knows it all. And the other aspect of this is that we can focus on who is in control of all things. You know, Satan has power. God allows him to do some things. We see that throughout the book of Job. As we witness and, and, and watch that story unfold of how God allows Satan to do certain things in his life, in Job's life. But ultimately, Satan has to come before God in order to get permission and approval. So the one that we get to address as father, we get to come to him knowing that he is the one. That God knows what's best. That God knows all about our life. He knows all of our past. He knows exactly where we are in the present. And he knows what the future has to hold. He's also in total control. We're going to see that as we look at, through, at this aspect and this focus of the prayer. Whose kingdom is your life all about? Whose kingdom is your life all about? It'd be easy to answer that and say, oh, my, my kingdom is all about Jesus's kingdom, right? 
about God's kingdom. That is true. I would say that is true in my life, but often that is not the truth. Let me give you a couple examples. Number one, what do you spend your time and your resources on? All right, if your, if your kingdom is God's kingdom, you're going to think about using your time and your money, your resources for his kingdom. It amazes me how much we spend, especially in North America here, and, and, and even in the church, we spend our resources on us. And that's not all bad. I'm not saying that you can't enjoy life. You can enjoy a cup of coffee and a donut, especially the donut is great, okay? It's not bad to enjoy that. But when we live a purposeful life, when we're praying and we're asking, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. What we're, what we're focused on is that there is something greater than what I see. There's something greater than what I think or how I lo- think life should be all about. Here's another example about your energy. How much energy do you put into your kingdom? I love, pre- I love preaching, but I hate it because God gives me resources to be able to use on Sundays. And here's a story, okay, from my own life. So yesterday, Lisa and I were um, enjoying a day, um, getting ready. We're, we're headed out camping with my family, and so we needed to go run and do some errands and things. And, of course, one of the things that you want to do before you go on a trip is you want to fill up your, your vehicle with gas, right? So we got a new card. We have a gas card, and so I got a new one, so you have to activate that. So we activated that. Well, I have an app There's an app on my phone that allows me, if I put my card in there, that I get to save 15 cents every time I go to the pump, which nowadays that's a great savings as we see gas prices go up. So I'm trying to get this card, this new card, into my app, all right? And I try, and I'm not joking, my wife is so patient with me. It was 20 minutes. I sat in that gas station lot for 20 minutes trying to get this stupid card loaded into this stupid app. Okay, it's not stupid. I'm sorry. Don't say that. That's the frustration, right? The frustration of, okay, it's not that hard. I load in the numbers and it should say approved, right? Or it entered. Every time I would load the first couple numbers, the expiration date would go away. So then I started with that. I put the expiration date in and then the last three digits on the back of the card, right? So I put that in first and then I went back. But as soon as I went back and I put the thing in, my numbers, then that disappeared. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I just need to update this, you know, because sometimes apps have errors and you need to update it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to update this. And at that point, Lisa looked over me. She's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I think maybe it just needs updated. Updated, it didn't do a lick. All right, so finally, I get out of the vehicle and use my card, just using it. I only got 10 cents off. I missed five cents. And I get back in the vehicle and we head to the next store. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not. And she's like, "Why why are you letting that bother you? I said, I know. I was so chill and relaxed this morning. It was so nice. And she's like, yes, it was. 
You know what I realized? It was about my kingdom. It was because it wasn't benefiting me. Things weren't going the way I wanted them to go. It's a simple story, but how often does that affect you in your life? When we begin our prayer, we begin our father, and that helps us get our attention and our focus on who is the one there. But as we start to pray, the first ask, that's what this is. This, this is an ask. The first ask is to help us to put in perspective, what is my life all about? What am I living and striving for? And so when we begin to pray, Jesus is teaching his disciples and helping them from the very beginning. As you ask for things from me, I want to remind you that it's about my kingdom and about my will for you. And so I want you to pray that. I want you to be reminded that as you live life, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to get focused on other things. And so that simple gas station experience reminded me, why am I allowing something so little to make me upset? In view of eternity, does it matter? Five cents? So it would have saved me maybe $2 at the most? Really? Has God not provided everything that I need? $2? Oh, I wanted to be good steward though, Lord. I could have given the $2 to the poor. I could have given it to the VBS offering. <laughs> There's so many things that we think about and that we try to twist and we turn, right? But as we go through life, we have to ask ourselves, whose kingdom is my life all about? How am I using my time, my resources, even my energy? The kingdom is where the king is, all right? It's about the king and who's our king. We sang about it. Jesus is our king. You're not the king of the kingdom. You're not the queen of the kingdom. There is one king. The kingdom come. Your kingdom come. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. So it's not something that people will will see and point to. We see this in Luke 17, verses 20 and 21, because the Pharisees asked Jesus, they said, hey, what's your kingdom? When, when do we know that it's going to come? And Jesus says very clearly, it's not something that you're going to see and that's just going to appear and, and that's going to be able to be pointed to and say, now that's the kingdom of Jesus. No, actually the kingdom we are living in now and the kingdom actually is in us. And so we get to live this out, but in the fullness, Jesus return. Jesus will return and his return is imminent. Even though we sometimes live with the perspective that says, oh, that's coming later. No, it, it can happen today. And we can pray that it comes today. Jesus was all about his father's kingdom. It was the centerpiece of his teaching. If you go back and you look at the Gospels and if you even look at his stories that he shared, he, he shares about his, the kingdom of God over and over and over again. 
it's something that maybe you would want to dig in in your own personal study and start to see how, how important God's kingdom really is and how we live and how it was so critical and crucial to what Jesus taught. And in fact, we see in Matthew 6, a few verses later, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus shares about the anxiety and the struggles and the hardships that we all face and that we aren't to be anxious about about God providing for the things that we desperately need. He knows them. If he provides for the birds, will he not more care for his children? And he says this, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And so it's a centerpiece, not only of Jesus' teaching, but it should be the centerpiece of what we live each day and what we're pursuing. We live now how we will live when Jesus reigns in the new heaven and the new earth. This prayer, we start by the ask of, Lord, help us to live how you want us to in the future, to live that now, even in our imperfections, even in our shortcomings. It's almost a plea, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, we desire, I need your help to live like your kingdom is here right now. This next phrase, your will be done. When we believe and pray this, then it expresses a few things. It expresses trust. It expresses through our obedience. It's expressed through submission. And it's expressed in peace. When we pray, your will be done, God, we have a release where we go back to who is your that we're praying to the big authority, the one who is in control of all things, has all the power, has all the knowledge, but is also loving and gracious and kind, and he knows exactly what is best. So we can trust him. We can obey him. Like that old hymn, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Submission. Submission is a glorious term. I usually share about it in, in, a, in a marriage ceremony. Unfortunately, our world has twisted it and turned it into something that it isn't. Submission is a glorious term and it's something that God calls us to. To submit to his authority. When we say, Lord, your will be done, we are coming underneath who he is in his rightful place. And we say, Lord, I am your servant. You know what's best. Your will be done. And then we experience peace. I'm going to share a little story at the end, but have you ever thought about the people who go through really hard times in their life? Like really, really hard times and how they make it through? I believe it's this. It's this area of their prayer that they've been able to wrap their hands and their heart around where they can say, Lord, I trust your will. I trust your plan. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Oh, how I need help in this area. 
Jesus then finishes this area and he says, on earth as it is in heaven. This is acknowledging that God is both God of heaven and the God of earth. He isn't limited to control in one sphere. What he desires is for his glory to shine, both in heaven and on earth. He has purposes, and he desires for his will to be accomplished. He is not just a God who sits up in heaven, looking down upon us, who has no interaction. His purposes are real, and as we see his plan unfolding in our lives and before us, we can pray this, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, knowing that it is perfect and majestic in heaven. And one day it will be perfect and majestic in the new earth, in the new heaven. The first ask, as we see here, is assistance. I believe it's assistance in seeing my life accomplish what God desires of me. Not what I can get out of life, but this first ask of prayer is asking for assistance in seeing my life accomplish what God desires of me and of you. What does that take? A proper perspective. Submission. If you think about the people who have had deep prayer lives, they get this, don't they? They understand it and it oozes out of them. It isn't something that's just learned. It is real. It's just something that isn't just pasted on. It is inside. It's eternal. It's internal. And a proper perspective and submission when we come to the realization that as we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's an understanding that says, Lord, I understand who you are. And even though I have the privilege of coming and talking and listening to who you are, Lord, help me to see, help me to experience a deeper, closer walk. So if you have difficulty this week, let me back up. If you have difficulty later today with your gas card or something little, or you know what? It could be something so much greater and so much harder and so much more difficult. I was on the phone this week for a couple hours with a family, a just tragic. Um, they were on vacation in North Carolina and uh, they had rented a home and it, this home had an elevator and the elevator came down and on top of their seven-year-old boy. How do you pray, Lord, your will be done? That's trust. That requires faith. 
It isn't something that just one day we wake up and we expect that, okay, God and I, we're all good. We're like this. It's a continual day after day relationship with God. And so when Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, the first ask is about helping them to see who he is and the purpose of why they're coming to him. Why they need him and the dependence and the reliance upon. Because the reality is, as we face each and every day, we don't know what tomorrow holds. But we know and we have access to the one who does. We get to come to him. We get to trust him. We get to cry out to him. We get to, we get to yell at him sometimes. I was just reading the Psalms this morning, a couple of the Psalms, Psalm 35. And it's just a cry out to God to deliver from, from David's enemies. Lord, do vengeance on them because they've been so wrong to me. Sometimes life isn't fair. Sometimes life is hard. Sometimes life isn't like a VBS week where we get to have fun and games and enjoyment and where the worst part of the week is some kid not listening or being exhausted and tired. Listen, life is real and tragedy is real. And one of the defining ways that we as Christ followers get to live our lives and we get to show that and where it can ooze out of our internal heart that God shapes and mold comes from prayer. And it comes from praying like this. It comes from a relationship with God who you and I can say, no matter what happens, Lord, no matter what takes place in my life, I want your will to be done because I want your kingdom to come. A deeper prayer time begins with this ask. You may know Corey Ten Boom. You may have read her book. You may have watched a movie. But it goes along with the, the story that I just shared. You know, we hear of the good that Corey did and the willingness that she and her family in order to rescue so many of the Jews during such an awful and despicable time. They, it's been estimated that she, she saved, her and her family saved over 800 Jews in their little home with a false wall where just like a half a dozen could fit in it at one time. You know, uh, Corey didn't give her life in that way, but her dad died in jail with her. A few months later, her sister died with her in the concentration camp. So she could have easily become bitter and upset, gotten angry with God and shook her fist at him, said, I did this for you, God, and this is how you treat me. But she didn't, did she? Why? That's the question that I asked earlier. Why, why do some people just walk through such tragedy and handle it with such grace. I think it's because of this part of the prayer. This part of their prayer life is real. It's not just a phrase that they say. It's something that they believe in the core of their heart. 
God, I believe that you are the one who knows best and that you are in total control. As a sovereign God, I'm going to continue to submit my life, my heart to you because it's about your kingdom and it's about your will. I don't know about you, but I need help every day in doing that. In the simple things and for whatever has God has to come. I don't know what's to come. None of us really do. We pray, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your goodness to us. We do not deserve your mercy, your grace, your love. We fail over and over again, but you are so patient and you are so kind. Thank you for your correction. Lord, for your willingness to help steer us and to mold us into the people and to the children that you want us to be. I pray that as we continue to live our lives here this day and this week ahead, that you would help us. Lord, help us to catch a glimpse of what this means. As we go throughout our week, may you remind us, may your spirit in us bring to our mind and bring to our heart this ask of this prayer. That it's about your kingdom. I can become so self-centered. Lord, there are many Christians, many Christ followers who aren't really following Christ. They're following their own dreams and their own passions, their own wants. And Lord, I would ask that you would forgive us. And help us, help us to be obedient. Help us to have the humility to submit to your kingdom. Lord, whatever may happen in, the, in this day, in the days ahead, in the years to come, help us to have a spirit of, uh, of trust, of a willingness to see beyond our own perspective, knowing that when we can pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that you have an eternal plan. And even though we are limited in what we can see, you are not. Even though we can't see and understand all of your purposes, we can still trust you. And so all that you have planned for this day and the days ahead for all of our life, Lord, may we stay committed to this ask. This first part of learning to pray. May it be true of our hearts, not just our minds. And may it ooze out of us so that it may encourage and build up the body and so that others outside of the body of Christ may see that you are a loving and gracious God who has a perfect plan and that you desire for all to come to know you. 
and to trust in the name of Jesus as their Savior and as Lord. Lord, we pray all of this in the name of our Savior, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the one who gave his life and rose from the dead three days later, and the one who we look forward to his return any day. Amen.